0: Welcome to Irreverent Testimony brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by Inform Millennial and Gen Xertypes from a left wing perspective. It is Saturday, September 28th, 2019. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. Rachel is battling kind of a head cold.
1: Yeah, I'm a little sniffly and a little uh, congested. But. S-
0: so if she sounds like she's holding her nose, it's not because she's disgusted <laughs> by talking to you. <laughs> no. It's just that. Uh, My
1: face is melting. I have been having like horrible sneezing fits and it's just going around. So Mm -hmm. I will try not to sneeze all over this place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, no promises. So, uh,
1: I was reminded this week that actual human beings that I know listen to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm not just, um, not just screaming (coughs) into the void. void. Yes. So
0: it it feels like that sometimes.
1: Hi everybody. And specifically hi Jesse. Uh, and, uh, Yeah, here we are.
0: And hi, all our other folks that are listening to us. So we're going to do this little bit of a thing. If you are a seasoned political listener and you are, you know, you're glued to Twitter and MSNBC like we are, and you follow Greg and listen to Kegger and everything, you're going to already know a lot of this, but we have a lot of friends that kind of rely on us for a politics digest. (laughs) Yes. They just don't pay attention.
1: Yeah. Or they just can't like, you know, it gets exhausting and the world is hard and I get it.
0: So we're going to do a little explainer about the state of things and why all of a sudden we've gone from, eh, we don't like Trump, but we're we're not going to really do much about it, to full-fledged on, (laughs) we are impeaching him. Impeaching
1: the motherfucker already.
0: Yes. So we're going to explain how we got basically from zero to 60- yeah. So quickly. I wouldn't say zero, but, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds with some of the other committee investigations and the subpoenas and the right. other stuff they've but, been I mean, trying to do.
1: Within a matter of a couple of days, mm-hmm. um, it went from like 80 Democratic uh, House members that would be pro impeachment to 220. <laughs> yeah. So that's deal. And big that number deal. is
0: growing and growing and growing and growing. So
1: that's more than half. Uh, just just
0: to roll it back a little bit So uh, Nancy Pelosi's kind of thing Was not yet, not yet we're, sl- we're slowly building a case We're slowly building a case We all kind of assume she's never going to get there She's just trying to run out the clock which may or may not have been true, but
1: and we've been hearing a lot of other Democrats saying, you know, we're going to win this with the 2020 election, and mm-hmm. you and I have been uh, particularly sort of pissed about that idea um, because of what that means for the democracy and what that means about, you know, a lot of different things. So we right. were not a fan of that plan.
0: So we're going to give you we're going to do we're going to give you a full origin story. We're going to we're going to roll it way all the way back to. Uh, Well, we're gonna roll it all we're gonna roll it all <laughs> the way what? back to what 2014, <laughs> 2015, the Russian invasion of Crimea and yes, Ukraine
1: and the annexation thereafter.
0: Okay, so let's go all the way back to I think it was 24 late 2014 I, I forget the exact time, but uh, Russian forces led by of course Vladimir Putin, Invaded Ukraine, a, a, a geographical area known as Crimea, and you want to explain why Crimea is important and why Russia might want to control it?
1: Well, um, it has a port, right? Yeah. Um, so anytime you're looking at Russia and their motives for doing something, particularly when we're talking about like land grabs, mm-hmm. um, you want to talk about like where there are areas that are <clears throat> next to Russia that contain a port to uh, the ocean in order for like trade and stuff like that to happen. And also there's a, um, population of Crimea that is sort of like ethnically Russian in some way. Yeah. I'm going
0: to get to that. Okay.
1: Um, and so anytime you look going back forever with Russia, um, it's almost always, um, the, the drive is almost always as my, uh, High school teacher Tomachowski used to tell us um, always look at like what where like the access lanes are, and that's why usually Russia does what it does.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, this is sort of a, a byproduct of going all the way back to the Soviet Union when when Russia would conquer other countries sort of surrounding it. It would not just say like, okay, you're part of us now, you different people who speak a different language and right. have a completely different cultures. What they would do is they would actually relocate thousands and thousands of ethnic Russians, right. Russian speaking people to these other places to basically create a a cultural foothold there. Right. So that there would be this sense of uh, you know, Soviet unity, right. y- you might want to call it. Yeah. But, you know, there there are, of course, drawbacks to that. It didn't always work. People didn't always get along. You know, there was always some resentment, but, you well, know. Well, it's colonization,
1: right? I yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the, all of the pitfalls of colonization are all of the things that are associated with this tactic.
0: Yeah. Yep. Not just capitalists uh, in, in our recent history practiced colonization and, in, in, you know, imperial. Right. Uh, manifest destiny, whatever you want to call it, unfortunately. But right. in any event, um, so and Ukraine is no exception. Lots of ethnic and you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Original Russians live there, so it's not like all of Ukraine was like, oh, we need to repel this invading force. Some of it, some of it was welcomed, and in some parts it was it was very welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's complicated, but. Uh, You know, Russia, as far as the United States goes, and this was under Obama, uh, Ukraine is our ally. It is its
1: own sovereign nation.
0: Yeah, and Russia is an adversary. Yes. They're not, you know, a mortal enemy like during the Cold War, but they are an adversary. And there was a lot of criticism uh, from Republicans that Obama should have done more when this happened. I don't know what they wanted short of war. I don't think they actually wanted war. It was just an opportunity to, you know, take shots at
1: but Obama. certainly Obama wasn't like, this is fine.
0: No, no, no. And, I mean, the
1: administration <sighs> definitely came out and was like, no, this is absolutely not okay. We do not recognize the Crimea as a part of Russia. This is not an acceptable thing. Like, there were absolutely there were, not. Yeah,
0: there were, there were sanctions. There was military aid sent yeah. to Ukraine. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, among the backdrop of that, Ukraine, even without the uh, invasion by Russian forces, has had a lot of political upheaval. There's been a lot of corruption. There was uh, a... a uprising there a few years ago right around that time right before i think the invasion um and one of the things this is where joe biden gets involved um, or is dragged into the story uh one of the things was that there was a the way ukrainian politics works is something akin to their ag this national prosecutor who was allowing all this corruption to be rampant within the country and Western Europe and the United States were calling for this guy to be ousted. Uh, Among those calling for this corrupt Ukrainian national prosecutor to be ousted was Joe Biden.
1: In his work as vice president. In his work as vice president.
0: Now, Mm -hmm. coincidentally, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, uh, was on the board of this oil uh, conglomerate that did business. um, Or I don't know if they're still doing business, but they did business in that region, in the Ukraine. Or not Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Yeah, it's we always Ukraine.
1: say that. I know, I, I don't know. know. It's why. a bad habit. It's I mean, everybody does. I don't, People I don't know what that's about. But Yeah,
0: I don't know either. <clears> in <throat> any event, um, if, if you just know those facts and you don't know any more context and you don't want to connect the dots, you might raise an eyebrow and say, that's fishy. Uh, the only problem is there's no evidence that Hunter Biden or this company were involved in any sort of malfeasance. And the reason that they want, hold on. The reason they wanted to oust this prosecutor was because he was not trying to root out any sort of corruption. So it doesn't make any sense. Like if (laughs) if there was some sort of corruption that was uh, happening with this oil conglomerate in Ukraine, then uh, like, and, and Hunter Biden was somehow involved and Joe Biden forcing out this prosecutor that wasn't doing any prosecutions of, corrupt businesses and corporations right. would have had the opposite effect. So right.
1: It, we would have been uh, against his son's interests. Yes. In this case.
0: Joe Biden would have probably intervened to say, no, this guy's fine. Let's just keep. Him if around. that was
1: his intention, right. If the, it was the, if to protect was his, intention. his son in some way. I yeah. think it's interesting because we are so myopic in this country about the rest of the world existing that like, that would be like saying, well, um, you know, chelsea clinton let's say she worked for apple right mm-hmm. let's just imagine a world in which the daughter of, or, or of, she was
0: on the board right the the board right, of directors of,
1: of apple. apple right and another country let's say like Botswana, um you know like there are so many companies that exist is my point that i'm trying to get at like it's not like hunter biden was a government employee of Ukraine or something. Like, I don't think that he had any sort of government position inside of the country. He worked Not for at a, all. a company.
0: He was on the board of the board company. of a company. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like, I don't like oil and gas companies. So kind of fuck him. But like, I like, it's also just, he had a job inside yeah. of it. And different he was country. probably just
0: there because of his name. Let's be honest.
1: Probably. Right. Yeah. Because that's how the that's world actually works. works. Um, yes. But like, there's, from what I understand, like, there's no implication that, like, he was a part of the government in any way or that he was, like, working for this prosecutor, that he was a part of, like, some sort of, like, thing. It's just that he worked for, uh, or was on the board for this company that mm-hmm. had its base in the Ukraine. So yeah. there's lots of companies that exist in Ukraine. Um,
0: that are doing business in that region. That are doing it's very business in rich. that region and in yeah. the
1: world. And, like, I don't know. It just seems like kind of a stretch to okay. me, that, like...
0: Fast forward to 2019. Um, you know, we know about the Mueller report. We know about Russian meddling. We know about every, all that stuff. Fast forward, and uh, very recently, uh, Congress passed another bill with a a large amount of military aid to Ukraine in their ongoing battle with Russia because mm-hmm. they're still occupied right. by Russia. So. Uh, this bill was passed. Trump signed it. It was like a continuing, uh, aid package Mm -hmm. and Ukraine during this time had an election wherein they elected as president. Basically, I don't want to say another Trump, but like a TV guy, a comedian, uh, TV guy whose shtick was like making fun or going after corruption in a comic way. Okay. Um, and he had no political experience whatsoever,
1: like a Stephen and, Colbert kind of guy. Uh,
0: a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit like a like a Stephen Colbert type. Uh, hard to say, you know, leaning conservative or not, but like, yeah, basically, yeah. They they sort of elected a sort of Stephen Colbert as their president. Um, I don't know how much that factors into this story, really. Um, it's just interesting. It's just interesting.
1: And it like probably gives them some sort of like, they have something in common a little bit. they're both like,
0: TV yeah, people. maybe, I don't know. I think Trump is very unique. <laughs> I agree. Uh, in that case, because I, I think this guy that got elected in Ukraine genuinely cares about trying to lead his country and, and, and help his country from right. what, from what I can tell. know I'm no expert on Ukrainian politics. Right. Any of it. So July of this year, Donald Trump has a phone call with,
1: Zelensky, is that his name? Yeah, yeah,
0: I think so. Said new Ukrainian president. And basically says, implies, hey, this uh, package of aid that we passed, I will release that money to you if you dig up some dirt on Joe Biden and his son and the corruption they did in your country. And then also says some other crazy shit that I'll get into in a minute. Okay. With Hillary Clinton and email servers. Well, and, he
1: was like, I really need you to work with Rudy Giuliani and Attorney general <laughs> bar um, to, like, if you could just have some conversations with them, like, we really need to, like, figure out this angle on Joe Biden and his yeah. son. And then there's this other, you know, aid package that we're also discussing in the exact same phone call.
0: Right. Uh, this is obviously... Highly problematic. Yeah. Pick the ways. You got a president that is once again, you know, we just got through this once again, asking a foreign power to meddle in an upcoming election. Um, I mean,
1: it's worse than that now because he was a presidential candidate.
0: Yeah. Now he's president.
1: (laughs) No, he's the actual president of the United States leveraging that office Mm -hmm. and all of the the powers that that office has in diplomacy to have a foreign government meddle in an election to his benefit yeah like that is worse
0: and and he is arranging like directly doing it arranging a quid pro quo wherein yeah. the aid for this country that has been passed by Congress will only be released if if they agree they, they do, do, do said right. election interference right and so yeah that is okay and here's what makes it even worse like it's already pretty bad right to make matters even worse the uh the white house staff uh knew how problematic this was
1: yeah this phone calls over and they're like holy fuck
0: yeah we knew how problematic this this was and and they basically deep sixed it they they used this protocol wherein they sort of tried to lock it down and make it so incredibly secret that it's the only the only um level of the secrecy would be like if Trump was talking about a covert CIA action to overthrow a government or an impending right. war or something like that. It
1: like, like goes into this like secret server and you have to yeah. have this encryption thing and it becomes this like this thing that like you, no one can have access to because it's so highly uh you know
0: it is you know. the deepest of the so-called deep state right yeah that's what they of did this with this because they knew it was going to be p- politically problematic the well, pro it's criminal yeah yeah the problem is for trump is that word of this phone call got around to somebody in uh in the intelligence realm uh from what new york times is trying to do to dox this person mm-hmm. a career cia analyst mm-hmm. And that person blew the whistle. Yes. And said, this is a problem. They went to the... Um, IG? Well, first they went to the director of national...
1: No, it IG first. Oh,
0: IG first. They went yeah. to the inspector general. And the inspector general says, yes, this is, is a credible complaint and it is urgent yes. and problematic. And yeah. we need to get on top of it and look into it.
1: And as soon as the IG determines that it's both credible and urgent, they send it to the director of national intelligence. And that person is then directed by the Constitution of the United States to release that whistleblower complaint to Congress.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it is a little more complicated than that. There's, there's sort of a chain of, chain of events and it gets a little into the weeds. And by the letter, if not the spirit of the law, the DNI, DNI sort of has an out to explain why he why he took that route but certainly not within the spirit of the law.
1: Well, so what the DNI did was say no. Yeah. We're not doing that.
0: The, the, the well, here's here's basically what happened. The DNI said, "Okay, on my checklist here, the first place I need to take this issue to is is since I work from the executive branch, the is the Department of Justice and the White House. And the problem with that is they're the ones that are perpetrating
1: they're the ones the whistle is being blown on.
0: And the DNI is basically like but this is what the this but is what the, that's check, what the check- checklist says
1: and you're like no 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 stop you yeah. know better than yeah. that you know fucking better than that but they tried to die on that hill for a couple days.
0: Well yeah we and we had a hearing about it and it, it it is a little weird gray area but it's also very dumb and myopic in my opinion to see it that way. But that's how the DNI chose to see it. And anyway, none of that really matters right now because the cat's out of the bag. Yes. So once word of this got out and there was a lot of speculation about what it was, the White House went ahead. And I, I, I assume figuring that the full complaint would be declassified and come out anyway. They tried to get ahead of it and just release the transcript, sort of transcript of the phone call and say it
1: is not a transcript of the phone call. Just so that we're like super clear. It's not a
0: word for word. transcript. It's
1: not. It's notes from people who were listening to the call. Yeah. And so if it was a transcript, the definition of that means it was recorded and right. then someone typed out exactly what was said verbatim. That is not what this is. It, it and is the White a, House saying that that's what it is, is bullshit.
0: It doesn't matter what they say because it's all there. Right, maybe there's some other really bad, you know, problematic I, words that, and language I'd that's I'd like in there. To know,
1: but we Possibly. won't know because it wasn't recorded.
0: But that, it, that doesn't really matter because the meat of the everything that is going to get him in trouble is in there. Yes, and they decide, and surprisingly to me, they decided to just release it, saying, "Oh, it's not that bad. People won't think it's that bad, and the complaint's going to be that much worse. So everybody will just talk about this sort of transcript of the call." Right, and so. It was bad. It was all there. It, yeah. the, the quid pro quo, the re- multiple requests to dig dirt up on Biden, um, the insinuation that, you know, money will not be released until it happens. It's all it's all there. Right. in what the White House
1: re- released itself, released itself. Yeah. Released itself. yeah. It's then, how stupid. The people that work there are.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's stupid or if it's just their best loss mitigation strategy.
1: I don't know how it is that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they could have dragged it out for weeks and months like everything else, just uh, yelling classified, classified, classified and not releasing it.
1: I mean, I, uh, it's it's really baffling to me that decision that was made, which is why I'm a little suspicious of it. Um, but another and doesn't really matter. It doesn't at really this point. matter um, B- because
0: the full whistleblower complaint was declassified and released a day later. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. Yep. And so and they're
1: trying to be like, because this man um, did not himself listened to the call Um, he is an intelligence agent and Mm -hmm. so like did some intelligence work and um, found out about it, and then interviewed key people who did listen to it, and found it to be so problematic that he decided to go through the proper channels and right. have this whistleblower complaint. So, but the right is saying, "Well, it's a hearsay, and it you know we, we can't we can't impeach somebody based on hearsay, which is actually not true, and we're not impeaching him. We're opening an impeachment inquiry." But anyway. Um, so what will happen is just that the same exact people that the whistleblower talked to that told him this who are the primary sources will didn't just be interviewed by the intelligence committee. So like it's a it's a nefarious argument. It doesn't make any sense. It's not mm-hmm. how anything works, but here No,
0: about. yeah, that's kind of the only thing they got is is this process complaint that it's hearsay. It's it's secondhand or hearsay, which is
1: well, we impeached Bill Clinton on Linda Tripp's here, you
0: know, So, <laughs> yeah, we sure did. I don't know. Didn't that's convenient. Lindsey Graham talking about that's funny. But
1: like, none
0: of that matters. That that that's just of them throwing up flack to try right. to distract Please people. Please don't do this. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um I you know, it's nobody is going to buy that hearsay idea because
1: no. the
0: cats already out of the bag. Trump the White already House admitted himself
1: already admitted to the things that are going to, to the, get him impeached. Yes,
0: to the problematic things that are so, fodder for articles of impeachment.
1: So if somebody else said that they also heard it, like you already admitted to it, so I don't know yeah. what they're doing. But it's really, it's interesting. Um, I, is there more, or should we want to get into commentary? Because I have a lot of things to say.
0: Yeah, this. no, just let her rip. Okay, so... This is this is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> right, so,
1: like, so then Nancy Pelosi comes out, and she says, yep, we're going to open an impeachment inquiry into the president, and... Um, Everyone and their mom that's on the Democratic Party was like, yes, I'm in favor of this. And um, and so here we are. So um, first and foremost, I have to say, like, how confused and and sort of like what the fuck it is that like if he had just shut up and stop and just like be normal person he would he would have gotten away with everything else. They weren't going to impeach him, but he just couldn't do it. And the fact yeah. that he picked Joe Biden, like the hill he's going to end up dying on is Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden was going to take care of himself. We are not going to make this man probably our candidate. It's probably. not even clear that like he's like losing and like he's like like this is in July. Like
0: yeah, but you know what? For, all all the head-to-head For that polls, to be the
1: hill that you die on before it's even clear that that's going to be the key. Can- I know. I would I know. make sense it's if, dumb. like, after the primary, you know, or, like, when it became really clear, like, after, like, you know, a bunch more people dropped out and then it was only, like, three people and it became super clear that Joe Biden was going to be the candidate, then maybe you do this. You should not do this. It is illegal. But, like... To do this back in July for Joe Biden which like he's going to gaff himself out of this like he's not he's not it's just crazy to me that like he's he, president cl- so clearly just like watches cable news and whatever <laughs> they say is true even yeah. though he calls it fake news and then he
0: Biden's a front runner and, and Biden is winning winning head to head in all these polls and he's scared most scared of Biden right and he, he, he wants to knock him out like that, the
1: guy and so he just he breaks the law um, it's just, it's just, it's bizarro for, for me. I don't, I don't get it. Um, it's not even like once he's the candidate and then he starts polling a lot better than Trump that he needs like some, he gets a desperation move. Like this is before he's even in danger of anything, but this the flip is side of that, anything. when it's you look, nuts. when
0: you look at the ultimate fallout of the Mueller report, why not do this? Right.
1: Right, I mean, he's done it before and gotten away with it.
0: Ultimately, I mean, I'm going to go back to it again. Mueller kind of threw up his hands and said, "Eh, eh, whatever. I don't know. Seems bad, but you guys figure it out."
1: Right. And Trump was like, "Great, so I guess I, can I got do away with, it. with impunity. with yeah. impunity." Which is what we've been saying.
0: It was like it's like a, a the, the, Russia, the whole Russia investigation ended in a mistrial, kind
1: of. Right. Well, the whole Russia investigation ended in we really can't charge the president with crimes. So he's the
0: president. He's
1: the president. So the president was like fantastic. I'm going to go commit more crimes. (laughs) Yeah. Like why not? Why would you not? Yeah. If like literally the justice system said to you, you can just go commit any crimes that you want to commit. You would be like, well, there are some things that would help me out a lot. (laughs) And this would be one of them. Right. You would do that because you just literally were told that like you can't be charged with crimes. And,
0: and here, here's another thing. And people are starting to figure this out too. Like now that the floodgates are opening Do we actually believe Trump kept his nose clean and didn't do anything at all except for this?
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) What
0: about those transcripts of the calls with Putin? Right. What about the ones with the Saudi Arabia? Right. I mean, I don't think there is any conversation with any world leader anywhere that isn't corrupt or embarrassing or criminal.
1: Probably. I mean, maybe not every single conversation he's ever had,
0: but a percentage of
1: them probably have some crimes there. There's probably some crimes. I think he's a pretty crimey kind of guy.
0: And now that one whistleblower has come forward, um, even though the New York Times is trying to out them, and Mother Trump fucker is... Motherfucker
1: New York Times, I swear to God. Yeah. we'll anyway, um, get into that in a minute.
0: I, you know, and there is another whistleblower report out there, by the way, having to do with Trump uh, trying to use the IRS to his ends, which is another thing <laughs> Nixon did that created another article of impeachment. Um, uh, good. You know, that one is is, we're not talking about that one right now, but...
1: It's out there. This
0: this could, and we've talked about this before, and it didn't exactly come to fruition, but you know, this is only the first shoe to drop. Yeah. Like, there's more coming.
1: Right. I think that's true. What I've been hearing with some frustration from some of the folks in my circles that don't follow this stuff super closely is this sort of um, frustration that like, oh... We it's totally fine everything that he did with Russia but now he has one phone call and he gets impeached and it's like alright look <laughs> I understand that complaint I do like I hear where th- I hear where you're coming from because it it does seem a little weird if you don't look at it fully that like we had an entire special counsel and we had all of this stuff and we knew all of this stuff and nothing happened and we didn't impeach him. And now he has one phone call and we're like, oh, impeach. And it's like, I, I hear that, but like, it's different, right? Because we didn't have any sort of whistleblower on Russia. Well, had it's different of, because
0: of Pelosi. Everything Mueller came up with was basically like, looks like he did a lot of crimes here. You guys better impeach. And Pelosi was kind of like, eh, I don't know.
1: Right. And people were mad about that and then we were I was mad about that I'm still mad about that All Right. Um, but this is different I think because there is this whistleblower that just said like this is what happened and then the White House was like yep and then <laughs> everyone's like okay but that's a crime and you're like oh okay like it's just so much more clear cut like mm-hmm. this guy said, it happened. The White House agreed.
0: Well, Greg talked about like, that a little bit with Kegro. That this is easier to understand. Yes, the 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 Russia thing had a lot of tentacles, and was And he a wasn't more, the president
1: yet. This is pretty. This easy. This is very. You do forward. you do
0: this corrupt thing for me, and I will do this do this thing. Um, for you, and people get that. It, people well, have seen the godfather. The
1: power of the White House and of his position as President of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. When he was a candidate, it's not like he... like He was involved, sort of, but it wasn't this direct thing, right? Russia was already doing this thing, yeah, and he sort of tried to capitalize on it and then cover some stuff up, but it wasn't this direct thing, where... This is like, I'm the president of the fucking United States and I called the president of Ukraine and said, quid pro quo, do this illegal thing for me and then you'll get your money. It's very like one and done, that is what happened. Now, does it throw the Russia stuff under more careful scrutiny? I would think so. That's
0: another really important point to bring up, absolutely.
1: Like, now that we know that this is the way that Donald Trump behaves and, and does business, I think it's pretty easy to go back and look at the Russia stuff and be like, if you had questions about whether or not he did do this collusion, then I think it comes under greater scrutiny. Where we're like, okay, he definitely probably did. Then, like, if we we can know that this is how he does business, that's probably how he did business. If there yes. was any question, right? Yes, right. So I think that that's another thing that people are sort of like, are we going to go back and look at that, or is that like old news? Or like, what are we doing about that? Because that mm-hmm. was a big deal, and is the only reason that he's president right now. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, as far as Nancy Pelosi is concerned, I, there's a lot of back and forth and backlash and things. and I, don't, I, I It
0: doesn't matter anymore. I don't we're, care. We're, we're, done. Like, we're done with that. None of that matters.
1: She She's calling for articles. Uh, there's – who cares? There's 220 Democrats right now that um, are for this, which is more than half of the um, – four hundred and thirty five members of Congress. So that's great. That's why we need a majority in the House. Well, there's Um, there's questions
0: on how they want to proceed. Like mm -hmm. there were a couple days ago, there was this talk. of, Well, they're going to they're going to zoom this through and rush this through. And a lot of a lot of us were concerned about that. Like we, we can't really rush it through. We need to really build our case and we have to have a lot of big, dramatic, televised hearings and have all the evidence come out for everybody to see. And I think we're going to get that. And I think, ironically, it's the Republicans who are going to kind of force that because the the flip side of this whole hearsay, hearsay, hearsay thing is like, oh, then you want very carefully – uh, uh, laid out direct evidence do you well here you know, okay. here it is okay
1: well then we're gonna have to bring in the whistleblower yes. and we're gonna have to bring in all yep. the witnesses and they're that all gonna have to, to testify
0: to, on and television all those people are gonna we're gonna testify. have to bring in Barr and we're gonna have to bring in yeah. Giuliani and we're gonna have to yeah. bring in Pompeo and we're yeah. gonna have to bring in
1: uh, Mike Pence
0: the guy who just has
1: a whole thing here too
0: the, who just quit um, Volkert <laughs> I mean like okay, okay. great great it, like, it, you almost like to think we're setting them up with this if but, we were that devious and smart um, devious no, isn't the word, but if we were that
1: uh, calculated, that
0: calculated and prepared and smart, like yeah, this is exactly what we we want them to scream here, say here, say here, say we we demand evidence, and then we'll give it to them.
1: Okay, great, we have evidence now. Mm-hmm. What you want to hear it and open to the public? Just let's have hearings. Like okay, um, so that's where we are, and I, I, I was talking at some ladies from work who on my way to get some ice water um, captured me <laughs> <laughs> and brought me to the desk and they were like explain what's happening um, and so uh, they this one was like you know um, but remember back in the day when they impeached Clinton, like it didn't matter because Republicans controlled Congress and so like nobody like it didn't work and I was like okay but think about it this way like let's imagine that the House goes forward with this inquiry yeah draws up articles of impeachment sends them to the Senate for a vote for yeah. a vote the Senate ultimately is the jury the Senate uh, is, the, the is, vote
0: the vote would be by the way because some of you still don't know what we're talking about at that point when articles of impeachment are passed and sent to the Senate the Senate then votes to whether to remove the president from office
1: correct right so in Bill Clinton's case the the Senate opted not to remove Bill Clinton from office it was even a Democratic though the house yeah. opted to give the Senate articles of impeachment. Yeah. It's just the, exactly the same thing as a grand jury like we talked about before. You present the evidence to the House, the evidence decide whether, the House decides whether or not there's evidence enough, what we would call in a grand jury probable cause, um, and then the Senate is the jury, and the Senate says, yeah, remove him, like guilty or not guilty, right? Basically. So. I was explaining to them like that's true, and it's very very possible that the House will pass on articles of impeachment to the Senate, and the Senate will vote not to remove the president. And that's that's that, kind of the point. That would be that would be that's why she was really upset because she was like, so we're still not going to get rid of this motherfucker. And I'm like, okay, but think about it this way: we're also in an election year.
0: Mm-hmm. The Senate so, is very much in play. The
1: Senate is very much in play, much more so than it was in 2018, um, and <clears throat> because remember, Senate terms last six years, mm-hmm. and so if the House puts the question to the Senate everyone who votes not to remove this president who has committed a crime has to run on that. They yeah. have to own that vote in 2020 in an election year. Every single one of them is up for election. And it's not like the House, like not all of them are up for election. But all the Republicans who vote no, who are up for re election this year, Or next year, like, that's a thing they have to sit with. They have to go back to their constituents. And 70% of the American people essentially are like, this motherfucker got to go.
0: Well, we hope we get there. Right now it's kind of 50-50. We have to make the case of, look at all the crimes the president did here, Senate, and then force those Senate Republicans to say, fine with us.
1: These are crimes and we are fine with it.
0: That is the point.
1: I mean, exactly. And and,
0: and like people don't get it. And I keep hearing it over and over. Like the Senate, the Republican Senate will never remove Trump. So this is pointless. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you're completely missing the point. No, it's missing the forest through the trees.
1: It should not be a partisan issue. It should be just like Nixon, right? It should be a thing where the Republican Party should be a principled enough party that if you tell them the president has been shown to have committed crimes while in office he should be removed. That just should be the way that the world works. And if this Republican Senate decides that they are party over law and that they would rather keep a criminal president in office than impeach him, they have to live with that vote. And that does nothing except help Democrats. Mm-hmm. And it's not because it, it's partisan and it's also principled. We're not asking them to do anything that we wouldn't ourselves do. If someone commits a crime especially of this nature, using the office of the presidency to pervert our very democracy, I think that everyone would agree that that person should no longer be the president. Mm -hmm. And if Republican senators decide that that's not a position that they share, I'd like them to go explain that to their voters and their voters get to decide if they want to have that person as their senator. Right.
0: Or, you know, they'll make some bullshit argument that the, we don't like that the whistleblower's complaint was based on hearsay or Democrats do worse. Whatever bullshit argument it's going to be.
1: It's going to be you voted against yeah, removing the president, even though he was clearly committed a crime. And, and then so. OK.
0: Yeah. People and keep look, saying 30
1: percent of people are going to be fine. The
0: Senate will never remove Trump. Yeah, that's the point.
1: Right. No, they're not going to. And then they get to answer for that back at home. Yes. And at the ballot boxes. And yeah, that 30% of Trump voters who just like love him forever will not care. And of course, they're going to vote for that senator.
0: But the independence the rest of disgusted. Them, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a no-win situation. Of course, if they did vote to remove, then the base would stay home and they'd be completely screwed. So they're screwed or they're screwed. You're screwed. Well, when you, you, when you, you bring stuck by this motherfucker. Yeah.
1: So... You made your goddamn bed and you're going to sleep in it. And (laughs) I I don't feel bad for any of them. And
0: there's no good options. Nope. Anywhere.
1: You put yourself in this box, though. You put yourself in this box. You literally know this man is going to commit crimes and it's going to something's eventually going to stick. And you just wanted those Supreme Court justices and you wanted the abortion shit. You wanted you didn't care. And now you're all going to not be in office anymore. Well, whichever way this goes.
0: Yeah. Well, look, the caveat here. Is this a guarantee Democrats won't somehow fuck this up? No. Nope. Nope. Is this a guarantee that somehow like Giuliani will put on a Chewbacca defense and fool enough of the American people that this gets muddied and lost somehow? No. Nope. nope. So we're not saying this is over by any means. Nope. Uh, and we're not, can't be sure how this is going to go. But let me say this about Nancy Pelosi and Democratic leadership. You know, love him or hate him or, you know, there's a reason they were so cautious For so long before taking the big dive into the big impeachment pool because they understand that the word alone is scary and divisive. And if they didn't think that they had the ammunition to (laughs) lay the earth bare and scorch the earth with this, they wouldn't be taking the jump.
1: Because we know that because they haven't yet.
0: Yeah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't pull the trigger when it was G.W. Bush, and there was plenty of shit to impeach him on. God knows, they wouldn't pull the trigger even after the Mueller report. Now they're like, it's time. Right. So I
1: do think that a lot of pressure has been being put on them. Oh, absolutely. uh, By some of the more progressive, the the sort of progressive wing of the party, and by constituents, their own constituents.
0: Yes, that helps. But ultimately, if Pelosi was looking at this and thinking we can't win,
1: she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. She would
0: would say, no, you're going to have to force me out as speaker.
1: Yeah, because I'm not giving up the 2020 presidential race. And we
0: talked about this just last week, because before, as this was just still percolating, Pelosi was still holding firm, like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And we were like, you know what? She has staked her claim that impeachment is just a loser with what she has so far. Right. But now she feels like she has enough to push it over the finish line.
1: Because, and and again, I think... The messaging and the, the just like it's just so much easier to explain. The president of the United States called another foreign leader and told him to dig up dirt on a political opponent in exchange for aid. And so is what happened. That is the yeah. the the timeline that is very easy to explain. There's a guy that is willing to testify to that effect, who's talked to other people who are willing to testify to that effect, and the White House has admitted it. At this point, like if she had not decided to drop this impeachment inquiry it would literally be your you could he the statement he made about murdering somebody on fifth avenue would be true Mm -hmm. like you could literally commit crimes and i'm never going to impeach you and i think when given that choice with such a clear narrative you know she really didn't have a choice
0: no no Uh, well i mean yeah
1: (laughs) it's just so clear
0: yeah yeah, this is a you know, as clear a cut case as you get, and it's only going to get worse and worse and worse and, and they worse.
1: admitted it, and they too. they admitted it. So, like...
0: Well, yeah, Trump right away was, yeah, I did the... What's the problem with it?
1: This is a perfectly fine phone call. It's a great phone call. It's a wonderful phone call. Yeah. This is a bad phone call, and then we won't even be able to have phone calls anymore. <laughs> right. You're like, okay, I don't... Uh, sure, it's great. Maybe you should not have phone calls anymore. <laughs> it's probably, probably a good idea.
0: You absolutely shouldn't. Of course, now... Um, Okay, but now also realize you're going to be frustrated over the next few weeks and months because this is where the stonewalling starts, just like Nixon did. Yes. I mean, people forget. People think Watergate happened over a weekend. Watergate happened over like 18 months.
1: Years. yeah.
0: You know, or longer. And there was stonewalling. There were court cases. The Supreme Court got involved. Um, You know, it, it took some very brave people sort of within his own administration
1: and some very dogged journalists.
0: And and intelligence people to, to, you know, spill the beans.
1: Yeah. It took some very dogged journalists and some, some because they were so good at their job, too, mm-hmm. they were trusted by these people within his administration and within the intelligence communities. And yeah. I, I hope that um, that relationship exists in our time in a, some sort of similar way. Um, so... We'll see. Uh, I also think, before we get to the break, I just want to provide a word of caution. Um, I think that this is also sort of the scary time. Um, Yeah. Our friend Molly posted something on Facebook that I thought was really profound, and it was what I've been trying to say that I just couldn't find the right ways to say it, and she's compared it to um, domestic violence. She said, you know, when a woman tries to leave someone who is abusive... That's the most dangerous time for her. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the time that she's more likely to have um, the most abuse and, and also the, the most likely to be murdered by her partner.
0: And Trump is going to be looking for any and all and distractions.
1: We are that abused woman and Trump is that abuser. And this is the most dangerous time because this is the time when he gets exposed, when we stop saying it's OK, when we call him out and we leave and or in this case, kick him out. This is the time when it gets the most dangerous. And And, when he tries to really flout the law and and really try to abuse his power. And try to whip
0: his most ardent supporters into the biggest frenzy to defend him. Yes, So that means violence against immigrants, violence against women, maybe some horrific anti-choice executive legislation. Who knows? This is
1: the time when he gets way out of control and we get into like dictator land Mm -hmm. and when like the powers of the presidency and the checks and balances really get called into question and whether or not you know which parts of the government and which parts of of enforcement of the government are going to go along with him and which are going to uphold the constitution which just means we we have to be
0: vigilant we
1: will be tested now
0: the problem with that is while he's under this cloud it's it's very unlikely he's going to get a whole lot of even Republicans to go along with the craziest shit he wants to do, but you know, we gotta be on top of it.
1: And his supporters is another thing that like really it's gonna get scary because they are not gonna look at the facts of this case. They're not gonna look at this as something that's like. No, they've been screaming cut.
0: about the deep state and yeah. the coup forever and yes. Trump is gonna say, Well, this is this it. This is
1: it. This is what they're doing, they're finally gonna kick me out. What are we gonna do about it? Yeah. And here's where militias come in. And mm-hmm. I mean it, it's I'm I'm not predicting that any of this is going to happen. I'm just saying that I, this is what I'm worried about. This is what I'm anxious about. This is what keeps me up at night is these next few weeks and months with the stonewalling on one hand, but also with the like really like uptick in the rhetoric and mm-hmm. I think will be an uptick. I, I hope not, but that I'm concerned about an uptick in violence and a a, a real constitutional crisis could occur uh, because I just don't see him being like, well, I guess I'm guilty by like, that's just well, not. Well,
0: I, I can tell you that either him directly or his people are talking to Pence about how do I exit and get a pardon and get all the pardons and then you know, <laughs> ask for asylum in Russia or whatever his plan might be. But in the meantime, yes, it's going to be whipping the base into a frenzy and yeah. Yeah. you know who knows what that looks like, but yeah. it won't be pretty and no. it won't be good.
1: So keep yourselves and your community safe, make safety plans, um, and be vigilant and keep an eye out and uh, don't let up. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're gonna have more to talk about, including a uh underage uh what was it? A a kitty porn Mar-a-Lago yeah. Russia story.
1: Watch is like no that, one's talking about. That has gone under
0: the nuts. radar because the rest of the world is melting down. All right. And a
1: bunch of other things. Okay,
0: be right back. irreverent testimony, actual impeachment happening edition.
1: Yes, finally.
0: You have some stuff you want to talk about? I do. May not, um, may not be related-ish? Maybe? No,
1: like kind of not at all. Oh, okay. Um, right I have a couple of things. One, I, I want to start, I think, with um, <laughs> this idea that, like, Wall Street came out and said, if you elect Elizabeth Warren as the Democratic nominee for the president, um, billionaires have been like, well, we're just going to go with Trump and we're going to stay home because she's really bad for us. Yeah, they're talking about their
0: donations, donation money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thanks (laughs) thanks <laughs> if you're like the, are you writing
1: a commercial if, for elizabeth warren's the, if, presidential if, campaign I mean, if right you're now the
0: warren campaign you couldn't pay for that
1: are you are they literally paying billionaires to be like elizabeth warren is really bad for billionaires banks and wall street you're like right yeah i mean I she know. is running in the That's
0: democratic
1: primary why we love her <laughs> you guys being like if you do this Oh, good. So we're saying that you you're all fine with being white supremacists. You know what's stupid though. Taxi.
0: You know what's stupid though. You you follow hip woke comedy Twitter, right? Yeah. and The only thing they care about is Bernie Sanders. Anything yes. anybody else but Bernie Sanders is just no good. They love AOC too, but since she's not running for president, that you know it doesn't matter. Right. Um, but they'll find a way to not care about this or say it's a lie or it's not because you know his, her name's not Bernie Sanders. That's it, become a cult of personality with them.
1: It has. Yeah, it has. Um, And this fucking God, this some white woman on Twitter uh, decided that a really good thing to do would be to say uh, list a bunch of um, disabled black and uh, non black women of color uh, from history who are dead. And to decide that they would have all supported Bernie Sanders?
0: Yeah, I, I saw that and I was confused by it uh, because I, I, you know, I like was mostly caught up in the replies and the people talking about it, and I was just very confused. Maybe you can explain that to me a little better what that was all about.
1: So she basically just came out and said, like Nina Simone, if she were alive today, would support Bernie Sanders? Helen Keller, if she was alive today, would support Bernie Sanders? Frida Kahlo, if she was alive today, would support Bernie Sanders? They were all feminist, leftist. Uh, uh, socialists, and they would all support Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I
0: don't know that Frida Kahlo would be voting in American election
1: Well, <laughs> so so many things came out of this, right? Yeah. Um, so many people had a lot of things to say about this, and of course, the original white woman poster was like, "You can hate me, but I'm right." And the who cares? Uh, who cares? Um, but also, like, <clears throat> first of all. I don't know how much you follow black Twitter, but that is my primary Twitter. A bit, yeah. That's most of the people on Twitter, because who follow it. anybody else? I follow, it. Else <laughs> I follow
0: it fairly, fairly well. Uh,
1: they were just like, get her name out of your fucking mouth. Um, do not suppose, as a white woman, that you know anything about Rosa Parks and Nina Simone yeah. and how they would feel.
0: For fuck's sake.
1: Yeah. Um, about Bernie Sanders using the N-word casually or about saying that most people who deal drugs are African-American or literally his campaign staff saying I said black 550 times um, therefore what Um, about his campaign just being like very myopic and non-focused on things that are specific to the black community and Mm -hmm. not to economic inequality. Um, Like you don't just get to (laughs) do that. So Black Twitter got real fucking mad, and I don't blame them at all. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Her point was sort of if you would call them Bernie Bros and and you would be sexist against them, was like the secondary point that she used. And it's like no, just like just stop, just stop. Um, I guess my only addition to that would be like let's ask some of the alive black socialist feminists that exist who they're supporting and when you do that it's not bernie sanders so i don't know (laughs) the tradition that they're carrying on and the work that they're carrying on from these people that you have uh spoken about um those folks are not supporting your candidate, so maybe like ask them before you say something stupid on twitter um
0: yeah okay all right lady
1: I mean, we're getting right into like Bernie Bro season. Um,
0: yeah, we are, but there's bigger fish to fry right now. I, I just don't know, it could be,
1: I don't know. But the point of this was like this idea that like painting Elizabeth Warren as a person that billionaires aren't going to back is sort of like her entire brand. Yeah. So like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> great. The people that we all hate together
0: I know. I just and wish have the,
1: guillotines uh, ready for. I
0: wish the timing would have been like a month later because that's going to get lost in all the Trump. I know, stuff, you know, right?
1: Totally. But like, we're all ready with the guillotines, and your guys are like, "Yeah, we don't like you," and we're like, "Great, so we were right then."
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I tweeted like, "Yeah, okay, get the fuck out of our party. Just we don't we don't want you here anymore." I I mean, I'm sure some Democrats still do and say, "Hey, we need that money," but. Um. How about no?
1: She's, like, doubling and tripling down, by the way, on this, like, um, call time thing, Um, which some of the (laughs) candidates tried to, like, replicate, and then, like, they just can't, because they don't just have the, like, Elizabeth Warren thing. Yeah. So, she was at this uh, event. (coughs) Sorry. i clearing my throat. I'm just... (sighs) Um, And she had all these people waiting outside to take selfies with her.
0: The selfie line thing.
1: And... uh, She took selfies with every single one of them, which took four hours. And at the end of it, they were like, don't you have better things to do? Or like, how do you stand in line for four hours? And she was like, to be honest, the guy at the last, the last guy in line stood there for four hours. So like, why shouldn't I?
0: Oh, this is retail politics. Every single one of those voters (laughs) is going to vote for her. Every single one of those voters, friends and relatives are going to vote for her.
1: And it's like. You know, it started out being cute with like her calling the $3 donor, mm-hmm. but it's become like a brand. Yeah. Like she literally called this dude who works at Circle K and gave her $3 and he was so excited to talk to her that he got his partner on the phone and his partner is a man and they like talked to Elizabeth Warren and like...
0: And guess what they're going to do? They're going to phone bank and they're going to knock doors and they're going to register voters. This is, this is how retail politics
1: and is supposed to work. In the age of like social media, that shit blew up, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, Alex and his partner are so cute, and they love Elizabeth Warren." Like, it matters that she's not calling billionaires. I've done call time with people. Yeah, we it's can't, miserable. We can't
0: get candidates to call multi-thousand-dollar donors.
1: She's not calling donors to give her money. She's calling donors to thank them for giving her three dollars because mm. it matters to her. And even if that's not true, it matters that that video exists. That she literally called this this dude. Alex because he gave her three bucks I think I gave her I
0: think I donated like 20 bucks you think I'm gonna get a call
1: I hope so (laughs) the problem is if I got a call I wouldn't answer it because it would be from an unknown number um start answering (laughs) no
0: especially if it's like Massachusetts is she using her own cell phone
1: I don't know probably not (laughs) who knows right because then like they have her number and they can just call her and be like Elizabeth drunk dial hi <laughs> um, I don't know, probably not. I wouldn't if I were her campaign manager, I'd be like, No, no we're no. using a special cell phone. They have a special cell phone. Call time of course uh they cell do. phone. Yeah, yeah. Um so before I get to the, the greater news of the day, which I really do want to talk about, I just want to say that um I went to dinner with one of my friends who listens to this podcast, and I had a fortune cookie tell me to smile more. Uh the specific thing that the fortune inside the fortune cookie said was don't be afraid to smile. You never know who's falling in love with it. Yeah. And I literally like opened it and Kung I cow was cow like, chicken. what is happening right now? Like a literal fortune cookie just told me to you smile. You should smile more. You should smile more because people <laughs> might like it. So I posted that on on social media and uh, it got a lot of traction, including my little brother who is the best person I know. Oh, and we're I gonna love talk him about the that? most. Okay. I just want to say, like I had to in the comments because he literally was literally asking, like, why, why is that bad? That a fortune cookie was, like, people love your smile. I, so I had to be, like, so, like, this is a thing that dudes do who catcall, right? Yeah. And, like, it's gross, and they don't do it because they think that your smile is nice and whatever. And then I had to be, like, to the women that I know and love, like, this is my little brother. He's the best person I know. He's legitimately asking. So just, like, back the fuck off. Um... But yeah, I guess I failed on that one, in his raising of just like uh, I wanted to be like, ask your wife why telling someone to smile is bad. Yeah. But anyway, so I got that was a that was a fun thing. The yeah, like the worst person to get that as a fortune is me. Um. Now I want to talk about Greta Thunberg. Great. Um. I'm gonna jump it off with this tweet from. Hannah Sorrell at Hannah Kimberly, um, which points out that Vinny from Jersey Shore is having to explain climate change to the president. We are 100% <laughs> living in a simulation because Vinny from Jersey Shore, who I vaguely know from just like living in the world.
0: I've never watched an episode of Jersey Shore and I never will.
1: Vinny replying to Donald Trump on Twitter says the following. I think climate change is more complex than global warming will make it hotter. It has to do with disruptions of atmospheric conditions, ocean patterns, jet streams, and shit like that.
0: <laughs> shit like that. That's good, Vinny. That's um, good.
1: Thank you, Vinny. But that leads me into this topic of Greta Thunberg, and what happened at the UN, and the backlash, and also around like um, a different backlash. So. We talked about Greta, or did we not last Yeah, podcast? we talked a
0: little bit about her. Yeah. Okay,
1: um, She gave this very impassioned speech to the UN. Um, how dare you? And It
0: made a lot of white men very mad.
1: Very, very angry with her. Um, there was a lot of chatter, I think, in the last week that I've read about, like, She's the first, like, 16-year-old girl that hasn't been sort of sexualized, and that makes men very uncomfortable.
0: Uh, okay. I hadn't really thought of that angle, but sure.
1: Um, and how some people have been talking about, like, the criticism of her being a 16-year-old girl, therefore she doesn't know anything, and she couldn't possibly have any knowledge or experience. Um... And then juxtaposing that to, like, but Jeffrey Epstein is fine with raping 16-year-old girls because they are adults who know what they're doing. Right. There's been some of that stuff. I don't know how much I need to unpack that for our listeners, but, like, that's a valid thing. Um, I guess what I want to talk about is I love her. I think that the, the speech that she did at the U.N. was um. Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it strikes me and it has not just me, but a lot of other folks online about, um, there are so many young women who are activists around, uh, the environment who are particularly indigenous women mm-hmm. who are literally chaining their bodies to pipelines, um, and being arrested. hmm and have been doing this work for years mm-hmm. and are not, you know, being interviewed by the president or Stephen Colbert or anybody else that have been doing this work forever. Um, and we know some of them. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, personally. And um, there's this sort of question I, I just want to bring up uh, about like white tears, white woman tears in, in particular, right? So this issue of like pipelines and climate change and the environment is one that's been near and dear to indigenous people forever. Um, and a lot of their uh, leaders are women and young women in particular. Um, and, and they literally are on the front lines of environmental activism and not carrying signs necessarily, not like leading protests or um, that kind of thing. But like literally like chaining their bodies to pieces of equipment to prevent that equipment from destroying their ancestral lands and from building pipelines that will ruin um, the water that feeds their very people. And I am not trying to discount what this young woman has done and what um, sort of cultural upheaval she's created because I think it's good, but I also just really like Want us to think about why her message is the thing that like mainstream media has picked up on. She's been interviewed by everybody. She's the face of the climate change movement. Mm -hmm. And, and that I think that that strikes a lot of folks that I know as like kind of a slap in the face. And so I would encourage you to look up other. Young women, leaders of indigenous movements who are doing real work on the ground and who a lot of them and their families have faced and are facing arrest and prison and lots of other things to try to prevent this just as much as she is, if not more. Um, and think about like why it is that like, you know, we uphold the people we, like, that, that she's the face of this, right.
0: I mean, some of that is also timing. I would to think, you know, some of it is the way she has cleverly learned to sort of work the media.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you know, she's got this this way about her that's that's catches people's interest and catches the media's interest. And I think at the end of the day, you're right, but. We just have to be very thankful that we do have a face of climate change, and it's getting people's attention, and it's getting people to talk about it. Um, And once again, if we are to survive, if this civilization as it is in its current form is to survive, it will be on the backs and the blood of the younger generation they will be the ones that will save it.
1: Well, and that's the thing, too, that I find really frustrating is people being like, oh, thank God for Greta. She's going to lead us into this thing. And somebody smarter than me said on Twitter, please stop trying to make her the leader of this. She's not the leader. She's literally begging adults to do something. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, she's not trying to be the president or a congressperson or somebody who has some fucking control. She's literally begging you as a child who will be affected by this for the rest of her life.
0: Yeah, how many white people... To fucking
1: do something. It's not that she wants to lead us. She wants us to stop not doing something and fucking do it.
0: How many white people that voted for Jill Stein are saying, oh, thank thank God Greta is here to, to do
1: something? Greta is here to be like, this is your last fucking warning. We're all gonna die. Please do something. Greta is not here to, like, lead us to the greater future she's literally like the canary in the coal mine being like we're gonna die so like literally you can either take me out of this coal mine or like we're all dead but like that's it like I'm not leading anything I'm just telling you in a way that you can finally hear maybe hopefully that like we're literally down a path of doom Mm -hmm. and so I'm guilty of that right like sort of This idea that the kids are all right and they're gonna like fix everything.
0: Well, we don't know that they're gonna fix anything. We know that they're our best hope.
1: But reframing that, I think is important to say, they're not our best hope. They are yelling at us to fucking do something because they can't. They're not in power. They can't even vote. They are yelling at us in our positions of power and privilege as older human beings who have that to fucking do something?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's an important distinction.
0: Yeah, that's they
1: don't want us to wait for them to become thirty-five. They want us to do something fucking now. Well, we don't have the time while they're sixteen. We don't
0: have the time. Like they
1: don't want us to 45. wait for them to be in charge. They want us to fucking do something right fucking now because it is we are in peril, right? And instead, we're just like clap. That's nice, isn't she great? Isn't she great? Yeah. Oh, they're so nice. i
0: will have her come talk to the class right? and inspire them.
1: It's like, that's not what they want. It's not what the Parkland kids want. It's not what any of the kids want. Kids are all right, but they're yelling at us to be better.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Parkland kids, because remember, um, you know, with them, it was a lot of the same stuff, getting... Wade made very angry, and of course that had to do with guns... And, oh, you know what? That's a great pivot because we have another story we need to discuss. And this kind of just floated out last night. And the New York Times sort of tried to walk it back with that explanation, which is puzzling. But um, apparently there was a story that came out that Trump was negotiating with Wayne LaPierre from the NRA.
1: I don't know anything about this. What?
0: Oh, I thought we discussed this a little bit. Uh, There was a story that came out last night or yesterday that Trump was talking to Wayne LaPierre. Who said he would help fund Trump's impeachment defense if he killed, if he didn't move on gun control legislation? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rachel, um, see Rachel's face. <laughs> now, but here's the weird but thing.
1: Well, hold on. How, let me just back up. How do we know that? Are there, are there emails? Ano- are it was an there... anonymous source. Okay. And Saying and... that a conversation happened between the two yes. of them? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay.
0: And then they, they, they kind of. Wow, and they kind of edited the story to make it less obvious, and just said, "Well, Wayne Lapierre Times and Trump are talk or we're talking talking, yeah, basically." And everyone's like, "What the fuck is going on? What's happening?" Now, here's the weird thing. Wait, hold on. Okay, yeah,
1: no, it's fine. My just my brain is R- spinning.
0: When that story came out, why wouldn't have Trump melted down in eight thousand tweets about the failing New York Times and threatening to sue and take their license and send the troops in, like? if there was no truth to that one, right? I, I don't know why New York Times is hedging their bets. And I don't trust the New York Times to do anything, and I don't trust Dean Backwood, so.
1: Like, what is this fucking editor
0: even doing? Yeah, like, Ugh. who knows what the story is there, but it came out, and the New York Times sort of tried to sort of walk it back, and, and yes, I would like more <laughs> answers to what that's all about. But, like
1: what is the story that you decided to run and then be like, well, well hold on, that looks bad, so just uh, yeah, uh, but, but
0: yeah, it lost, I in, lost, I and mean, everything else. You are, and this was a day after, a day after, and another thing that went under the radar because of everything else. The Senate, um, the Democrats in the Senate, released a report saying that, yep, the NRA was a Russian asset in 2016. There's no right. About it.
1: Okay, so can we talk about that for a second?
0: Yeah, let's. Because yeah.
1: like. I remember those fuck we we discussed them on this podcast. The mm-hmm. like insane ads that were coming out during the 2016 election from the NRA, right with that lady showing just like Maria Butina. Well, it wasn't her, right? Whoever there's their like face of the ads was. Remember? Uh-huh. And she was like she would do these ads. She was like sort of a a a mixed-ish lady. And, like, she would do these ads for the NRA, and I can't remember her name, and it would be, like, like, really scary, like, showing L.A. riots from the 90s and then being like, do you want these people in your community and this is why we have to protect gun laws and all that shit, right? And we covered it back then. We were like, this is, like, really scary, like, hate speech sort of, like, I don't mean hate speech in that way, I mean it like, um, that sort of like exception to the first amendment where like you yell fire in a movie theater this was like you should go kill brown people with your gun because they would like to take it from you remember those ads this is what they're talking about right is that that time during the 2016 election the NRA was a sort of asset of the Russian government right yes okay so okay and then okay Continue.
0: Well, I mean, the report is there if you wanna if you wanna read it. It was released to the public, and it basically says everything we already know. That um, yeah, the the NRA infused with Russian money and and doing bidding on uh, politically in terms of donations was basically a laundering service for Russian oligarchs to, to pump money into the election on behalf of Republicans and Donald Trump. Uh, What will be done about that? I don't know. (laughs) I guess uh, the House is a little busy with other stuff right now, but it's just another thing. And if Trump was really dumb enough to proposition Wayne LaPierre and if Wayne LaPierre, who's in trouble himself, is dumb enough to say, sure, we'll go ahead and fund your legal defense, quid pro quo, you kill these gun legislation bills. And then, I mean, you, you, uh, yeah, you get speechless.
1: Well, and then somebody else said that you know that show, the family, that I couldn't get through because it was just too upsetting. Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I guess episode three, which I had not watched, uh, specifically mentions Maria Butina. Oh. So I think we might need to watch that one.
0: <laughs> I think we got to get back to that. Uh,
1: I I I struggled. I think we made it through one episode and I was just like I can't do this because it just feels too overwhelming and like just too like uh, I can't I can't like know that I, I already know that that's happening but like just watching it play out was just not a thing I could do at that time but um, yeah, if any of you all have watched the family episode three and have some insight email us um, and I guess we'll watch it maybe we'll talk about it next time um, what is happening with her right now she's still just in jail and yeah okay waiting next hearing
0: no 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 she's uh, that's <clears throat> done i think
1: i don't think so there wasn't any kind of trial or we'd have heard about it
0: um yeah i'm not sure actually i totally forgot <laughs> yeah she might be <laughs> here, so i think she's just her. waiting
1: the next hearing Otherwise, it would be all over the news. What else you got?
0: Uh, I want to talk about George Carlin a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Every now and then, and this has been going on, I've been noticing this for like the last 20, 30 years with George Carlin. And it especially happened after his death because he couldn't, wasn't around to refute it anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, He died in the early 2000s. I don't remember exactly when, but the the right wing and lately the alt right has been trying to claim George Carlin as their own specifically because he had spoken out a lot against what he called political correctness. Yes. But what he called political correctness is completely 180 degrees different from what the alt right people bitch about. Yes. The political correctness he would bitch about were things like, uh, changing the term shell shock to post traumatic stress disorder in order to sanitize it a little more right so that you know going joining the military and fighting a war wouldn't sound as, sound as scary And right. shit like that right what he would he would talk about really the, sort of the opposite of what we consider political correct
1: well and i think a really good example is his sort of like the seven words mm-hmm. right where he argued that like the government shouldn't be able to find somebody for saying fuck or shit or damn or whatever the seven words were. And so he said them a bunch of times, right? Yeah. To sort of say, like, you know, as a free speech argument, like, I'm allowed to say fuck out loud, mm-hmm. right? And that's the kind of, like, that's the kind of thing that they are, like, latching onto and being like, he's one of us. He'd be <laughs> against this PC culture. He'd be against all this stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess it's come to light more recently with the whole debate about cancel culture, which we talked mm-hmm. about on the last show, at the end of the last show. Mm-hmm. And and so these people have kind of say, hey, if George Carlin was around, I guess he'd be canceled. And it's like, okay, have you ever actually yeah. listened to George Carlin? And so what people dug up with is this wonderful uh, interview with Larry King back in 1990, yeah. when there was tremendous controversy about Andrew Dice Clay. And Andrew Dice Clay was essentially... Like, the shit is as old as the hills. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay had this whole routine that was basically punching down at women yep. and immigrants. And, you know, it was very, very sexist more than anything. But, you know, there was also a little bit of racism in there.
1: And and homophobia, for sure, which is also just like rooted in sexism. Right. So, and if you don't remember yeah.
0: Andrew Dice Clay, he did it with this sort of mock Brooklyn accent. That was his whole shtick. And then whenever you would sort of get him outside his character, he would almost very tearfully be like, it's just an act. It's just satire. You shouldn't take it seriously. But his cat was kind of out of the box.
1: audience took him seriously, that's though, which problem. is the problem. Right. And that's the thing that George Carlin was talking to Larry King about, which mm-hmm. was, you know – he can be doing this as a character but the people who are listening to him take it very seriously yeah and they they are his character like they that they believe the things he's saying are true
0: it was almost shocking that this was 30 years ago yes because it was just it could have been yesterday
1: tell me what he said because i it's so good
0: uh he he basically said Look, this is an audience of mostly young white men yep. who feel very insecure and vulnerable about their position and their masculinity. And their masculinity specifically
1: said that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and you know they take they take comfort and pride in in pushing down or feeling superior to women and minorities and immigrants and gay people.
1: He literally said, like women. Gay people and minorities, or yeah. I'm sorry, immigrants. Immigrants. Those were the three things that he was like. They feel threatened by these three groups, and these three groups are marginalized. And mm-hmm. Andrew Dice Clay punches down. Yeah,
0: and he said he basically said, when you're punching down on these groups, you may think it's satire, and you may not actually believe it, but it has that effect of mm-hmm. just like reinforcing those ugly
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, stereotypes and divisions.
1: And when you look like they look. And you sound like they sound. They believe that you're being honest.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, like, I don't want to get into a rehash of 30-year-old debate about Andrew Dice Clay, who I think is dead. Um, I don't think
1: he's dead. I think
0: he's dead. <laughs> I, I think don't. he we died. We should
1: probably find that out. But
0: who cares? Like, no one has seen or heard from him in 20 years. Um, but of
1: George Carlin, no, you may not have him.
0: No! Are you insane? Look, I have a, a bookshelf full of George Carlin Same. books. And I have seen all his stuff. You should hear him talk about abortion. You should yep. hear him talk about capitalism. You should hear him talk about any Women. of this stuff. He is not one of yours. No. Not in a million years. No. He would not piss on you people if you were on fire. No. And the gall the gall and the ignorance to twist that like it's not you can't even twist anything he said. He's never said anything that is any in the ballpark of what any of you people believe like where the hell do you get off
1: no i mean like he literally was talking about cancel culture before we called it that and said you know i just don't believe that like this idea that you should that you, you're just allowed to like you know say horrible things is and, and is let's be, and let's in be clear way.
0: in that interview he's not calling for anybody to boycott Andrew no. Clay. he's just like i don't like it right i think it's shitty and here's why
1: right here's why here's why I think he has an audience which is that's that specifically he was talking about like why Andrew Dice Clay has such an audience is because of and literally like George Carlin could be on this podcast and he could just be me just being like I think it's white men who feel like they are you know entitlement has passed and they're upset about it but he also talks about this idea of like you're allowed to just say really shitty things because it's funny and it's like but it's not funny when you're punching down yeah which is something that we've talked about we just talked about it with dave chappelle like Mm -hmm. it's not funny when you punch down it's it's just sort of like cheap and and it's the lowest
0: common denominator humor right and it's what adam sandler does in his movies right you know without trying to be explicit about it
1: right Right, it's what it's what comedians with really no chops do. Yeah, exactly. They, they punch down because it's easy. Because people will be like, "Oh, they aren't like me. That is funny because they say it funny." It's the guy who got fucking fired from SNL after getting hired, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, making fun of like Chinese people and their accents and and making fun of women. Yeah, and, like...
0: he is obsessed with the Asian oh, people or accents. Like, what is. Is this, like, humor from 80 years ago? But is this is exactly what George Carlin was talking
1: about. It was just, like, it's not funny. No. And it's not interesting. No. And you're sort of, like, just not very good at comedy if you do it. <laughs> yeah. And if that's your only shtick, like, then you, you existed 100 years ago and it wasn't even funny then. Right. So, like, what are you doing? And you're he just sort of was just, like, you're just not, like, good at comedy. Right. Um, but this idea that, like, yeah, George Carlin would be, like, some sort of alt-right person is just absurd. Yeah, it's, it's insanity. It's absurd, and, like, it makes me really angry because he was one of the first, like, men in public that I listened to when I was a teenager who said things that I was, like...
0: who's was a white, oh my male, working-class progressive that was way ahead of his time.
1: Who talked about, like, women like they were people mm-hmm. and, like, abortion the way that I thought of it, but he said it so much better than I could, you know? And, like, no, I mean, George Carlin's been a hero to me f- since I was, like, 13. Mm-hmm. And it, you don't get to have him.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just no don't. No effing way.
1: No fucking way. And he would eat you alive if he were alive today.
0: Yep. Anyway, so that's my George Carlin rant. Can I talk about Joe Biden for a second? Absolutely. Um, I think that this whole thing is actually going to hurt Joe Biden in his quest for the candidacy. I think in the short term, there will be sympathy and there will be blowback that will help him. But ultimately, I believe the same forces that have had Joe Biden as the front runner all this time are now going to sink him. And let me explain what I mean by that. We've talked about it before where Joe Biden hasn't really had much of a campaign thus far. He's had some gaffes. He said some very uh milk toast centrist almost anti-progressive things.
1: Yeah. And basically nothing else.
0: Yeah, and he, you know, he hasn't sounded very dynamic. He hasn't been very good in debates. There's nothing there that you should be excited about as far as a candidacy. And it's it's sort of like the same Biden that we saw when he ran for president. In 2008 and 2000, I think, briefly. Yeah, no, it's and exactly the And, and the then same just person. flamed out and couldn't even get, you know, past 1% or 2%, only now older and a little more, you know...
1: Attached to Obama. That's well, the I, only I, thing.
0: Well, I, older and now and now he's worse, right? Yes. <laughs> and so it's the same Joe Biden who could never get any traction before, but now, like, a little slower. And, well, there's a couple things. One, Yes. He, he represents um, a reminder of the Obama years. Yep. But more importantly than that, I believe, he, and I know there's been sort of contradictory polling and what people say, I truly believe, and I have only the slightest bit of empirical and anecdotal evidence to back this up, that Joe Biden's appeal, as far as him leading the polls to this point, has been... Everybody is desperate to get rid of Trump, and he seems like the safest bet. Right. Period. Right. And I think, honestly, people look at the field and they go, Gosh, I like that Elizabeth Warren, but, you know, we saw what happened with Hillary. These people Mm -hmm. just won't elect a woman. Gosh, Mm -hmm. I like Cory Booker, but, you know, another black dude I don't know if in the age of Trump I think there's still blowback from mm-hmm. Obama I like well, this
1: Harris is both a black woman and like black and a woman so yeah. like oof,
0: that's kind and then of for rough. progressives it's like Pete she's Buttigieg a, a gay guy are those you know suburban people in Iowa gonna really vote for a gay guy oof Joe Biden. He's an old white guy. Everybody knows Grandpa Joe. I could see. So if it's like
1: old white guy versus old white guy, maybe we win.
0: Yeah. And that's, yeah. I, I just got to go with him because he's their best bet. And I honestly think that same mode of thinking. Now they're thinking, ooh, this this thing. I don't even know, with, with Ukraine and something with a thing and corruption. Ooh, Remember
1: Hillary and her emails? That and it scared sunk everybody. Her, it right? sunk her. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I honestly believe it could have the same effect, ironically, for the same... Not reasons, but the same mode of thinking that has him the front runner now. And and what do you think? This is just something that has sort of clicked together in my brain.
1: Well, I think that's what sort of Trump is. That was his modus operandi here, right? Was like he, in his mind, Joe Biden is just the, the, he's the winner. He doesn't even need to care about the primaries because everyone else is garbage. Well,
0: Republicans openly say, give me Elizabeth Warren, give me Bernie Sanders. Right. Because then we can just call them socialists.
1: Okay, do that. But, like, they really don't think that anybody, like, they're decided. The primary doesn't even need to happen. It's going to be Joe Biden. And so, in Trump's mind, I think you're exactly right. He's like, all right, look, we were able to stir up enough nonsense that didn't have any basis for anything, but we were able to say, lock her up, Mm -hmm. has something to do with a foreign thing or something else, and... We can just make this his Russia and we'll just lock him up yeah. because he did something bad and then it'll be fine.
0: It was broader than that. It was this idea and the, <laughs> the fucking media was so lazy. He got up there and said, drain the swamp. I'm the anti-corruption mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. You being a mob boss and Russian money launderer that was all there in black and white if the media bothered to dig into it. Yep. Uh, and they would just repeat that like, oh, he's running on an anti-corruption message. Meanwhile, Hillary has a corruption scandal. Right. And they just they right. just repeated that. Right. It was it's so just lazy well, and mindless reporting.
1: Donald Trump doesn't have any sort of historic. He has he's not a person who can, is able to contextualize anything. So mm-hmm. for him, if he can just repeat the same things over and over again, he'll get the same outcome. So he lobbed on to this idea that Hillary was corrupt, said he wasn't anyone. So let's find some way that Joe Biden is corrupt. We'll say that a bunch of times and we'll win. I and mean, I, I think it's really that simplistic. I don't think that he's thought about it much more than that. Well,
0: he'll do that with anybody. If it's Bernie's a socialist. If it's Warren, something, something Pocahontas. No, but
1: he wants the, what I'm, I think the difference is it's that he wants the corruption. Cause I think what he believes is that.
0: Cause he knows Hillary that playbook corruption
1: locker up thing worked. So if we can find that with Biden, it'll work in exactly mm. the same way. So we'll just repeat it.
0: Two problems with that. Yeah. A, People like Biden,
1: <laughs> right?
0: People didn't like Hillary, right? B.
1: He's not going to win the nomination. Well, and uh, you broke the law and, and, to b- do and this. More, so. impo-
0: more importantly, the media likes Biden. The media loves no Grandpa Joe. I know they hated Hillary. Yeah. Like, personally, viscerally. Yes,
1: viscerally. I know. She's a woman.
0: For so, for I don't think that playbook would work. But, I think, within the realm of the Democratic primary, I think Democrats are so desperate to get rid of Trump, and so skittish, that anybody that you could, you know, drum something up that smells of corruption about, like, we don't we don't want that.
1: Right. We're not going to do Hillary 2.0. Now- Even though it literally has nothing to do with anything, I think this is, but this is what I'm saying, is that's where Trump's brain is. Yeah. It's like- AB then C well, even though the things are not related at all.
0: Well, what's important is where America's brain is, right? Yes. Uh full disclosure, Biden is not in our top 10. <laughs> top maybe maybe not even in our top not 20. Not 10 of
1: 12. Top 10 of 12, he's not in my top 10.
0: Yeah, I have him ahead of Tulsi, Tulsi. And Marion Williamson and John I, Delaney. And I think that might
1: be I, it. I don't know. I mean, yes, I think that's true. Those three I would put <laughs> below Biden barely.
0: Yes. Well, Tulsi way back there.
1: I mean, Tulsi can just.
0: Die. I think Tulsi finally came around yeah. and said, "Okay, okay, I'm for impeachment." Because the earlier in the week she was she was the one. She was night.
1: literally like, "No, it's not happening. We can't do that." <laughs> and Then I guess Putin called her and was like, "We have to do it." And she was like, "Okay, I'm for it." Oh god. She's the worst. Just can we just not with this already?
0: Yeah. Some Who are her think,
1: voters? Aren't they Bernie people? Like, they what they the were, fuck? and now I and just now just what? Who are know. they? Are they just literally bots? I I don't know who her fucking voters are. She's
0: got enough donors where she apparently she made the next debate.
1: Yeah, who are they? Let's look into that.
0: <laughs> that's a really good question, it's a right? a really good question. Because How I about an
1: investigative journalist looks into that? That's How about good, that?
0: I think the plan is for her to be a spoiler, maybe even run third party.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm, who cares? It's going to be Elizabeth Warren. It should be Elizabeth Warren is all I'm saying. Well, she was
0: already had all this momentum before any of this stuff broke,
1: but you, I, you know what?
0: I can't predict voters anymore. There might be this huge swell of sympathy for Biden, and that might carry him. Who knows? Who knows?
1: I don't know either, but I will I, say that, I have that sympathy
0: like, for Biden. This is, oh, this is bullshit. But he's still not my candidate.
1: No. For reasons that have little, really nothing to do with this. Yeah. Zero things. I will say that, like, I'm officially an Elizabeth Warren person, though. Like, at the end of the day, when I look at everybody, that's it. Yeah. She's my person. Yep. Doesn't have to be your person. I'll vote for your person if they win the thing. It's fine. I will vote for a literal greasy paper bag <laughs> over Trump. But, like, I think Elizabeth Warren is our best great hope. So that's my endorsement officially. How about you?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I've been for Warren for, yeah. I think, a few months now. Yeah, me too. It, you know, I was...
1: I like a lot of them, but like yeah. just, they just don't have it. Kamala the way that had she my interest it. for a minute, but I can't she's with a, a prosecutor. Uh, it's
0: it not just that she's a prosecutor; she's a prosecutor. That a did prosecutor dark. things in all the ways that we can't stand. Correct. Pete had my attention for a minute, but no. Beto no. is not ready.
1: Beto literally made the Kent State first thing. It was awful. He yeah, went to Kent well, State and was like, "We people shouldn't have AR-15s because look at what happened at Kent State." And yeah. You're if like, you don't
0: know what that means, look up 1970 National Guard Kent State.
1: A bunch of people got shot by the state so anyway i think we're out of time
0: we are out of time uh we will these should be interesting podcasts over the next weeks and months
1: we'll keep you up to date as best we can
0: we absolutely will it's gonna get crazy out there so keep yourself safe strap in uh stay active stay tuned stay involved at irreverent duo on twitter i'm travis
1: i'm rachel talk to you next week bye